Welcome back to we our, back. We're back. Our third episode of a youthful take. Sorry, we have been gone for so long. We are back and better than ever, Sam Greenberg. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Um. Yeah, we've been gone for a long time. We tried to maybe figure something out while we were away, but it became difficult with sound quality. We figured like we would wait till we are back in LA and then make an extra long episode. That's why we're bringing you this banger right. of an episode, Sam. Right now, so Come we're on. gonna we're gonna be covering some things that have happened over the last months. So you've definitely heard yep. of uh, heard of what we're gonna be talking about, but since we've been gone, we wanted to give our take. Our takes on it. After all, it is a useful take. All right, thing. Okay. Okay. Start off, Sam. All right. So, recently, the Supreme Court overturned affirmative action, which is a very controversial decision. Um, I think there it's difficult. I don't think there's a right answer here. There are two sides. Like, this is how I think of it. Um, obviously, wealthy students that come from privileged backgrounds in this country like the sad reality tend to be tend to be white that makes it so it's difficult for sometimes it's difficult for students of color to get proper tutoring for their SAT and they don't have the same resources when applying to colleges so it puts them at a disadvantage from the from the get-go but that also the fact of having you write down your race and then putting people into different pools because because of that in a college application is problematic in and of itself. So I don't think there's a right answer here. Yeah. I don't I definitely don't think it should have been overturned, but also think it definitely should have been reworked in some way. Yeah, it's a I wouldn't say problem, it's an issue we're gonna have to uh deal with even when we grow up. Yeah. I um but yeah. it obviously has it its implications now because we're applying to college most of the people listening you listeners out there are uh probably applying to college very soon too so this is gonna affect you um nonetheless yeah, this so it's is very to know very impactful and, for jack and i and p- people our age everyone that yeah, goes to school with us it's, it's important to know this because it's 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 kind of crucial and it might come your, up again my yeah. if the supreme court becomes democratic in the next well, i mean democratic party in the next Decade or so, this might be overturned again. Yeah. So this this is definitely a pressing issue. Yep. Um, moving on, another Supreme Court decision: Biden versus Nebraska. It was uh, you might have heard about it. It's like the Biden student loan debt. So the Supreme Court kind of he he proposed a forgiveness plan, um, delivering up to twenty grand in relief to anyone struggling with student loan debt. And the Supreme Court blocked it, saying it was in a six to three decision with uh, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the uh, supermajority of conservatives. Um, he kind of to to summarize it, he blocked it. They they voted to block it because it kind of gives gives an unconstitutional amount of power to the president that is not. Well, that's what they're saying is the reason, but like yeah, student loan well, like. It's, this is another pressing issue, like similar to affirmative action. Student loans are going to be majorly student loan debt and debt relief is going to be impactful for Jack and I in a few years and for people our age. It's like, I don't know why these both of these issues are coming up at the same time, but it's interesting. 
it's, Death. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know I, how you can be I've, against student loan relief. It doesn't make sense. I know, like, inflation obviously is an issue, but, like, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't understand that. That's crazy to me. I, yeah, I don't see why people would be against helping someone with student loans out, but, you know, to yeah. each their own opinion. I was actually at Georgetown for a week this past summer and for a law academy. It connects to the story, actually. Um, and I... It was only a week there, and we got to go on a field trip on the Thursday that I was there, and we went to the Supreme Court, and we we didn't get to go inside because they were actually issuing rulings on the affirmative action. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's really we that's really cool. And there were a lot. <laughs> yeah, of, right then. A lot yeah. of people there. And there were a lot of people outside protesting. It was it was pretty crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it was it's it was it's kind of electric. Yeah. Very, very electric. Very similar. Very similar issues though, coming at the same time around. I guess the college system in the United States. Yeah. Interesting. And it's yeah. It's yeah. just as worth both are kind of very getting into that yeah. college I know. application, literally. Quite the timing. All right, moving on. Um recently in France, a seventeen year old um seventeen year old boy was shot and killed by police in a suburb outside of Paris on June twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Um this caused major riots and sort of a lot of turmoil between French nationalists and the more right-wing side of French politics and a lot of African immigrants that are in France and more of the liberal people in France. Um, but this is, once again, another controversial issue. I was recently in France right towards the tail end of this, this I would say, controversy, not controversy, it was a terrible thing, but towards the tail end of this event and... You could see there was graffiti everywhere, like windows were shattered all over Paris. That's crazy. And very yeah. And, and you've been to France before? No, right? never been. Oh, it was your first, first time. time. I mean, it was it was so lovely, but like what? yeah. But I mean, definitely. You how could, did that you affect could, your experience in France? I don't think it affected that much. It was just really interesting to see, like when walking down the street, there was windows shattered, yeah. and stuff written everywhere. But I think, but but also how I think of this is that the kind of nationalist side of things is saying was always been the case, saying, why are they coming into our country? It's like racists for de- for centuries have been saying the same things. And this, I have a very strong opinion. I feel like there's been a very real history of French colonialism in particularly Algeria and North Africa. And as a result of that, they've kind of, the French have kind of stripped those regions of like their resources and they're not as economically sound as the European Union. As a result... Oh, yeah. So all these, a lot of Algerians and North Africans that people all over from Africa that were formerly French colonies yeah. have come to France and found and created lives there. And so it's very unfair to say the, all these people are coming into our country yeah. and wreaking havoc when the problem originated with the French colonizing Africa. And also another, like, I would say uh, part of this is that the French national football team is comprised of almost entirely Africans. I wouldn't they're not they're, I mean they're French, but they are well, they come from they, Af- ori- they're, former French their origins in, in ethnic eth- eth- I don't know how to say that. They they their origins they come from, are from fr- po- former French exact, Africa. Yeah. And so when France let's say in 2018 they won the World Cup, I don't think anyone was any of these French nationalists were saying, "Why are these Africans like here?" No, they're celebrating mm-hmm. them, but then when something like this happens and there are riots, then it's an entirely different... There's it's very yeah. clear hypocrisy it's, there. They, 
yeah, it's very easy for people to find a, um, I would say scapegoat. Or yeah, but when Kylian Mbappe scores a goal, it's yeah, exactly. It's, it's like they'll they'll look past it. Who is Mbappe scores a goal? Ori- but if who comes riding, from? Oh, they 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 want to blame. Yeah, his, his parents come from Cameroon, so it's like, it's yeah, that's very problematic, right? Jack, take it away. Well, I'm going to pose a question here. Yeah. Is the age of the traditional congressman over? <laughs> I think. <laughs> in, uh, in recent news, two kind of huge senators, one from our home state, Dianne Feinstein, mm-hmm. have gone, like, been under controversy because... They froze. Well, I'll get to Mitchie Boy <laughs> in a second. But Dianne Feinstein has been, I would say past couple months, it's been really bad where she is just not kind of able to function. I don't want to say function. Operate how she used to. I wouldn't say function in, in general, a, but in, to be a senator, I think you need a higher a, level yes. of cognitive ability. Fu- ability. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then even, what, past week, Mitch McConnell yeah, literally freezes for 20 seconds. For, like, more than 20 seconds. It, it was, was a long was time. Like a, he was just standing there. It was like a there. mini stroke. Look, it was crazy. It must have been a stroke. There's no other explanation. He just stood there. But it then he crazy. walked around after, like, 20 minutes later and said, like I'm okay. Stroke. Yeah, that's... that's that, was, so, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Frozen is the ability. age of the, you know, you, there, older, wiser, I think there has traditional to, Just as there's an age limit on the younger side, 30, like, for yeah. the president's 35. I, what's the age limit for senator? It's... It, it's not clue. 18, right? I don't... I don't it's pretty... It's, it's got to be, like, over 21. There, I think there should start being an age limit on, on, on the older like side. a cap. A cap. A cap. 80? I don't know. 85? What if it's a How really good Mitch? operating 83-year-old, you know? Like, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders seems like he's functioning. Yeah, he's still with him. He's pretty old. So, you know, it's it brings up those kind of discussions. Mitch I mean, McConnell's 81. I think 80 is the... I think 80. In my opinion, in Congress, I think we need more... Younger faces. Bernie Sanders is eighty-one. Yeah, Bernie Sanders is eighty-one. Yeah, definitely need more younger people. But to have an eighty-one-year-old who is the, their Republicans are minority currently. Correct? Yes, they are. In what? In the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. So to have the Senate Minority Leader, who is eighty-one years old, who represents the Republican Party and is one of the leading politicians in the nation, freeze at the podium, for twenty seconds. That's a bad look. There should be an age limit. In my opinion, it's time. It's time for the younger generation. It's time for us. Yeah, that's pretty very clear. To, but yes. Yeah, kind of come in. Even, in my opinion, like, even if I don't agree with a lot of their politics, I think it's just important to have fresh faces and younger people. And exactly. Politics. Even on the Democratic side, like Feinstein, it's kind of clear. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, we're, it's we're very Democrats, clear. and yeah. we're even like, yeah, die fi I think it's time to go. It's time to go. All right. Um, carrying on. The, uh, the writer's strike, Writers Union of America, struck, started the start of their strike a few months ago. But recently, these actors have joined them um, in this strike about, I think, two weeks ago Sag that happened. SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA. Joined them two weeks, or, or I think two weeks ago. And this, both my parents are writers and in the, in the union, so they're striking. So I hear about this all the time, every day. And... The issues are pretty confusing. It's not like... I don't think... The problem with the strike right now is that there's, there's not one big issue. Like, in the past, it's been we want health care or we want, the, we want money for the streaming, like Netflix. But this one, I think it's unclear and people are confused because 
there isn't a main issue that's being shocked for. It's a collection of things and just overall unfair treatment by the studios to the both actors and the writers. And I think it's really interesting. I think one of, if there were to be a main issue, I think maybe AI would come up a lot. You'd hear that a lot. How that doesn't apply for actors. I don't know if it applies for voice actors, but it doesn't apply. Yeah, It applies mainly for the writers. Yep. And that's maybe the most pressing issue currently. But with this, with this happening, and it's been going on for the, for the actors recently, but for the writers a few, a few months now, and it's going to be a while for, I think, there'll be a few more things coming out in the next few months, and then by at least November, October, November, nothing will come out. There'll well, be nothing for about a year. can executives just like, sit back and wait Yeah, but out? then they're not going to be making any money. They're not going to have any income yeah, because there's there's not the thing there's going like, to be no more movies money that they can just sit there for and wait them out. I mean, you I always have to have money coming in if you're a enormous corporate yeah. studio. I don't think I, it, it's at I some level win, it's obviously going to be easier on the executives than yeah, it is on writers, writers. But it's still no one. I don't think anyone is happy that no I mean, they're not making any it's money. Not, there's no win-win situation. Both sides lose, even if they get. A, I mean, it strains relationships for years after that. You question, yeah, and then AI the, integrity. Of I know stuff. There's also this question of a lot of scabbing, so it's like very interesting. But I just don't want to talk about that because both my parents are writers. I hear yeah. about it every day, and there's going to be literally no TV and movies, or very few TV shows and movies coming out. I think past no past so. November. Yeah, it's going to be dry. All right, I think that is in the, movie oh, news. Oh no, still, you have more on that topic. Oh, yeah. This is fun. Barbie, baby. Barbie came out, and I personally loved it. So Barbie is Greta Gerwig's newest summer blockbuster, <laughs> I would say. Stars yeah. Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie. Ryan Gosling was the best two. part. Have you seen La La Land? No. It's a great movie. You got to see Ryan Gosling. And, and Oppenheimer. Anyway, Barbie was released the same day as Oppenheimer. It's cool to see the amount of hype around this. I haven't seen yeah, it a lot of hype around, about these movies since maybe Minions. Or Endgame. Minions Rise of Groove. Minions or Avengers. Dude, like Spider-Man No Way Home was probably yeah, that the was probably. I saw. But it, it's that. cool to see this. But Barbenheimer is, you know, they've broken records. Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. Of their, like box office hit. They've made so much money in the first, like, Barbie's I think it's ridiculous. been a week. Barbie that. itself is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like my personal on thoughts on this, like, I thought Ryan Gosling was hilarious. pretty hilarious as Ken. His song. I'm just Ken is, is What's the Rotten Tomatoes? 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. I, That's insane. Like, I thought it was very enjoyable and funny. But I, I, thought, I, I okay, didn't think well, it, Barbie was a good movie. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was... I thought the beginning was very funny. Yeah, the, the beginning was very enjoyable. It loses its muster. And it isn't little. a plot. There's kind of... There's, yeah. There's a, there's a very the clear end. theme of female empowerment. Not even a theme. A very clear message telling yeah. you female empowerment, which, of course, is good. But that is the movie. There isn't a plot. The movie is that. Which, I mean, come on, that ending was funny. Anyways, not to spoil anything. What? The, like, the, the last the second? The last scene. The, yeah. I mean. And then it cuts to the... Whatever. Anyway, my boy Michael Sarah's making a comeback in Hollywood. Michael Sarah. I heard a story. He, um... Someone... No. Yeah, I heard a story about Michael Sarah. He, uh... He apparently has a flip phone. Really? Yeah. I like that guy. He's funny. Have you ever seen Rested Development? No, I mean, I've seen like a few episodes. Your homework is to watch Arrested Development. He's hilarious in it. Anyway, that kind right. of concludes That's the... That's our first, se- first 
section, extra long. There goes news. Well, extra long because we were, Cause we were extra gone. long All gone. right, bro. All right, bro. That was fun. Um, yeah, and we will um, see you in the interview. We are back with the interview here. We are here with Bob Burke. Bob was you? born and raised in Los Angeles, attended Fairfax High School, Stanford University, and UCLA Law. He wrote speeches for Bobby Kennedy in the 1968 presidential campaign, then moved to DC where he served as the executive director of the DNC, Democratic National Committee Convention. In 1975, he went to work for Governor Jimmy, Jimmy Carter's presidential campaign, and in 1977 to 1981, he served in the White House for President Carter and then moved home to LA where he started his own law firm. Bob was the first openly gay man to be appointed to an LAC commission. Tom Bradley appointed Bob to the Building and Safety Appeals Board. In 1990, Bob and Adam Schiff both ran for the California State Assembly. They both lost. <laughs> in 1993, Bob served as political director for Richard Reardon's mayoral campaign. In 94, Bob joined Rose and Kindle, the preeminent lobbying firm in LA. There he represented the Walt Disney Company along with other major corporations and individuals in the city. In 2023, he's semi-retired but still remains active in civic affairs. Thank you for being here, Bob. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's jump into it. First okay. question. Um, so going back to early life, what right. got you interested in politics? What was your like beginning? <clears throat> Um, my family was, uh, not interested in politics per se. My mother was interested in world events and stuff. So she would comment on things that were happening in the world, mm -hmm. but these were like in Europe or in someplace else. And it just didn't, it didn't come anywhere close to being politics, except it was what, what was currently happening. And, um, I think because I had an excellent high school and junior high school, um, uh, it was called middle, now it's middle school, but it was called, mm -hmm. we, we used to call it junior high school. Uh, uh, education is my instructors, my teachers, both in John Burroughs and in Fairfax High, both were very strong current events and newspaper mm -hmm. hounds. So they would always ask about what was happening in this, in the city and you'd scramble around to try to find something that, that you could tell them about. So there were a lot of things in, in, when I was in high school, there were a lot of things in Fairfax High, there were a lot of things happening. The city of Los Angeles was becoming a lot more dense with population. It was becoming a lot more uh, uh, mixed with different uh, immigration of different, of different entries into it. And so there were lots of, there were lots of shiftings of, of uh, difficult and raw edges in that when, when populations change, that people get a little bit uneasy in their whatever. And that was starting to happen in the late 1950s, early 60s, which is, which is when I was in high school. So that, that got me interested and I just, uh, I just maintained it going into undergrad. Mm -hmm. In 1968, you were Bobby Kennedy's speechwriter is very cool. What was Bobby Kennedy like and what was it like writing speeches for him? Well, I was, I was not his one speechwriter. There were lots, lots, there were yeah. lots yeah. of speechwriters. Right, one of his and I was in a very minor one 
in Los Angeles, and the, the major ones were in Washington, Washington. D.C., where the where the national headquarters was. But there was a California headquarters, and it was here in Los Angeles on on Wilshire, and um, and I, they're always short staffed when in political campaigns. They always have more jobs than they have people to fill. So I was filling lots of jobs. I was the head of lawyers for Kennedy and young professionals for Kennedy and uh, and doing all going to the airport to pick up important people that were flying in who had been on John Kennedy's brother who was John Kennedy who had been president yeah. that for his cabinet and his administration people were coming in to speak for Robert Kennedy and so they always needed to be picked up and and then so I did that and in between they said does anybody know this guy up in Delano, California, named Cesar Chavez, oh, but, wow. but they mispronounced his name completely. So <laughs> it was, and I said, well, I don't think anyone here knows him, but uh, well, we need to get a speech for for the senator to to speak to him about. So I I said, well, I can do that. I I write English, and <laughs> and I I sat down and I just wrote it out and what I thought he would want to say to him about farming and about labor and about equality and about housing and the things that were important, especially at that time you had workers in the field who were being treated terribly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Braceros were just pushed around like, like nothing. So he was going to speak on that. And so then he said, well, how do, the, the, everybody's speaking Spanish there. How do we know? So I sat down with my little dictionary and I tried to translate from English to Spanish, well, which is never the way to do it because it it doesn't come out yeah. it doesn't come out the same when yeah. you translate it exactly. It's it's mixed. But I did it anyway, and I did, I handed it to him when he came in, and he was very grateful. And uh, and then they said I'm going to have to go do some speeches too in a different part of, of the farm workers area over in the Imperial County. I said okay, I can do that because I. And they said, okay, and we'll go, we're going into the Delano. And uh, it turns out that, of course, Cesar Chavez spoke fluent English, beautiful <laughs> college English. So he didn't need it to be really? in Spanish at all. So that's such are the ways of politics. Yeah. Well, so then we you know you moved to Washington, D.C. What was your role in the, Democrat, in the DNC? What was your day-to-day -day life like in Washington? Um, well, I, I moved to Washington. I uh, was first asked by the Kennedy family if I would take the chairmanship of a committee called the Emergency Committee for Gun Control. Mm -hmm. So even way back when, in 1968, when when I moved to um, Washington. Like during Vietnam? Yeah, well, it was during Vietnam, but also, don't forget, Robert Kennedy had been shot oh, yeah. by, in, the, in, the, in the kitchen of the Ambassador Hotel. So it was like it was like a, a a gun control issue that 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 killed not only his brother but also killed him in that in that in that assassination. So it it became a another major issue once again, gun control, and it was um, it, it was all over the, the country. And I was asked to come and be the head of that committee, which I did in Washington D.C. So that's what I did for the. Kennedy family, but also for the for the DNC mm -hmm. in part, and then I then I left. I said I'm not. I had enough of this. I just can't I, I, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, it was too, too difficult to deal yeah. with. So I left, and I went to live in Europe. 
for like a year in, 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 in uh, France, in Paris. I practiced law in Paris and I was in uh, whatever. And then they called me back and they said, we need you back in Washington, <laughs> whatever, because we're raising money. Bobby Kennedy had, had, had left the debt uh, when he was running for the presidency. He left a, 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 a money debt uh -huh. and the DNC wanted to get it repaid. So, so they had to make up that money. So I was brought back to work and, and, and do the money making uh, financing. financing of the campaign. So that's what I did. Uh, you then worked in the Carter administration. When right. Was in the White yep. House. Right. What was your role in the administration? My, my working for the, the Carter administration, I worked for uh, the, um, uh, the Commerce Department, and in the Commerce Department was uh, an organization which you probably know of now called NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric oh, Administration, and that handles all of the activities of the coast. Shipping. Fishing, uh, shipping, ships, uh, fish, fisheries, I mean, anything to do with the, where, the, where the water hits the, the shore yeah. is uh, NOAA and, 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 and a lot more. They do space and they do clouds and they do weather and everything else. So my job was to, was to lobby the Congress for more money so, for that, the, NOAA. so that NOAA could get additional things because one of the things that were, that was just being discovered were satellites. Mm -hmm. oh. So the, the satellites were the size of basketballs. That was the biggest satellite there yeah. was about this size with, with antennas sticking yeah. out all over. If you've seen a picture of yeah, the yeah. museum, they look like something you'd wear on your head instead of, instead of a satellite. Yeah. But that they were the first satellites to pick up uh, 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 wavelengths from the ocean. So what they were used for in the Department of Commerce, but you said, why should commerce be interested yeah. in in, in, the, in the weather where they're interested in it because in picking up the weather they could tell exactly where the warm currents of the ocean were and the cold currents of the ocean and then they found out that fishing the big schools of fish which are very important to the fishing industry in in the, in the world but particularly in the United States they found out that the fish swim right along the edge of between the hot the, the warm and the cool wet water for some reason, they find that as a place that they feel safe, and they swim along that thing. Yeah. So if the fishermen could find out where though that line was Thank from getting it from the satellite, can, because the satellite picks up the temperature, yeah, yeah. you can then go right to where the fish the are fish instead of just going around so looking big, for them randomly. That's a big breakthrough. A huge oh, breakthrough. That's awesome. So it it helped turn some of the very conservative. There were a lot of conservative senators and congressmen in the Congress who said, when do we need that for? That's a way, that's a Buck Rogers, you know, junk thing. You're never going to use it out of space and it's never going to pay off. You're never going to get any money on it. And of course, this was the one quick way of showing that in fact, it could make it its own cash and even even more than just the Staying on the topic of the yeah. Carter administration, right. what was President Carter like, and what was the daily hustle bustle like in the White House and around that? Well, you spent time in the White House, right? Recently? Yeah, yeah, not a lot because okay. my office was yeah. over next door, but it yeah. was it was a great place. Uh, Carter is a was a is, and still is is a wonderful man. He's warm, he's open, 
he is um, very smart and very, very much uh, designed to want to solve, he's a problem solver. And we didn't get a lot of those presidents after Carter. We didn't get a lot of problem solvers after them. We got a lot of people who were interested in, in advancing their political party, be it a Republican or a Democratic party. They were interested in advancing the interests of their party more than fixing something that was wrong, a problem. Mm -hmm. So Carter was, was, was very good at that. He, um, he, uh, he tended to alienate some people in the United States because he would go against some of the, of the, of the interests that they liked. But by and large, he was a wonderfully warm, loving man. He had, he had three kids and they were all, they were all adorable and, 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 and loved him. Um, he had a very close, and still does, with his wife, a relationship there. They're both in their 90s and they've been married for 60 years or 70 years or something, they've been married. And uh, I knew his mother very well. His mother, for some reason, and I were very close. We met on the campaign. Yeah, and, that's cool. And so, uh, as you know from your grandmother, yeah, you yeah. know, the old women like me. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, my future is high with old women. <laughs> Sounds good. It's <laughs> a good track record. Right. Yeah, you should see me dance. <laughs> so you moved back to LA. You right. became the first openly gay right. city commissioner. 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 Right. Did you face any discrimination for that? Was it like, or is it a smooth process? No. It, well, I don't know because if there was, if there was discrimination, I never found any of yeah, it. Well. It was, um, it was the the mayor of the city of Los Angeles was running for governor of the state, uh -huh. and he felt he'd been told by his political consultants that the commissioners, Los Angeles is a very funny city. It's not like most big cities where you have a mayor who makes the decisions yeah. and makes it and appoints all the people. The, the city is run by commissions. So the planning commission does all the, where housing goes and zoning and stuff like that. The, the police commission has control of the police department. The, the cultural affairs department commission does so they all have different things and they all are responsible for their parts of the city's thing. So I was, I was uh, um, interested in building and construction and I had, um, because I really enjoy learning new things, so even though I was a lawyer and even though I had had a master's, I'd gotten a master's at London School of Economics wow, okay. in there after, after uh, UCLA Law School, I went to London and I got an LLM in in the masters in international law. It's just because I was interested in learning. So when I came back, I was sitting around uh, at my apartment, not very far from here, and um, and I had my evenings free. And you know, I was single. I didn't have whatever. I said, you know what? I should be doing something at UCLA. So I I took a class in um, in uh, landscape architecture. And I thought, God, that sounds like it'd be really interesting. I'd really like to you know, learn about landscape architecture. Yeah. So all of a sudden I became, so not only did I take a class in it, but I took the whole course in it. So in three years and I got a, a certificate in it. So because I had that background, Tom Bradley, who said I have to put one gay person 
on the, in, in those in those years they called it homosexuals. Sure. So I had to put one homosexual on it, and I put one girl, that's, that was the term for women at that time. Everybody called them girls, no matter how old they were. You know, and then one Mexican, even though it could be any kind of a Latino, they, they called everybody, every, everybody Mexican. Everybody was a Mexican who spoke Spanish. Everybody who was a woman was like a girl. <laughs> and every homosexual was like, you know, crazy. So that's the way people spoke in the 1980s. So he, uh, he, 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 he didn't know any, he said he didn't know any gay people at all. Although 50% of his office were, were, were gay staff people. But they were but still, they, they were in the closet. Yeah. They weren't out. So he had no idea. That's that crazy. Were. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he asked his, the, the city council president, a woman by the name of Pat Russell, uh -huh. if she could help him. And she said, I don't know any either, <laughs> but my son is gay. Oh, she said, my son is a homosexual, probably, uh -huh. <laughs> and he has a friend named Bob Burke, and maybe he can help. So he, so her son got a hold of me and said, would you be interested in being a commissioner? And I oh. said, I think so, you know, why? <laughs> so they said, give me a resume, and we'll see if we can find you something. And I got the resume, the next thing you know, I get a phone call from the deputy mayor saying, uh, we want to appoint you to a commission. Wow. And you have your choice of this one or this one or whatever. And I said, I'll take the planning, the, the building and safety. Because, well, because I had done just finished landscape architecture. So mm -hmm. that seemed like the most interesting to me. Yeah. So did you work with, did you ever have like kind of close or often interactions with Tom Bradley? A lot of, a lot of a lot interactions of with him. Yes, he was a great, he, he was a great. terrific mayor. Yeah. He was, was a ter terrific mayor. What was he like? He was very open, he was very warm, he, he, he did one of the things that were, for politics, he did one of the things that you, that you can't duplicate if you, if you tried, and that is he showed an interest in all of the city council, there's 15 city council members, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. called the Council of, of Los Angeles City Council, yeah, yeah. there's 15, and he went around about once every two months or so, he'd go and knock on their door and say, you got some time, let me come in. He'd come in and sit down in just a guest chair, not in some big fancy chair next to a desk. Or, yeah. It wasn't anything formal, it was just casual. And he'd sit there, he just would talk with the city councilman and say, what's going on in your district? Any problems? You have anything? Can we help you out? Mm -hmm. in any, I mean, nothing that a councilman likes better than having the mayor say, we want to help you out, yeah. which usually means some more money. <laughs> some funding. <laughs> you know, so he was, he was very close to him. He was a very warm guy, very open. He, uh, he, uh, he uh, was uh, willing to, he was willing to, because going, making the position of, of appointing somebody who was gay to a commissioner, especially a macho, Commission yeah. like building and safety. He didn't appoint me to cultural affairs or arts or something like you know some touchy feely yeah. little thing. It was like building and safety. Those were all the tough guys, you know, yeah. <laughs> in with, with bricks and cement and all that stuff. So he, he was he was very much uh, in favor of doing that. So so there, there was there was no there was no uh, uh, discrimination that I saw, and yeah. and uh, and. In the building and safety department, there were some rough old people who had been there for 20 or 30 or 40 years who said, oh, geez, what's he doing here? But, yeah. but th that was passed over real quickly. 
that's good. That's surprising, but that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, looking at the political world today, are you hopeful with your experiences in politics in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and then even in the 70s and 60s, are you hopeful for what is to come in 2024 and beyond? Because our current political climate is a little up in the air, I would say. Well, I would definitely say that, and I think it's, 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 um, it's enough of a concern that I think everybody needs to be focused on, on their particular point of view and their, uh, and their place where they're coming from. Because, it's, because if you let it go, if you pass it up and say, oh, it's, I'm not going to vote for anybody now or I'm, I'm just not going to get involved, every time anyone says that, you lose a vote and you lose somebody who really cares yeah. as, to, as to what's going on. And when you lose people that really care, then, you, then you're going to get the, 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 the far, far left and the far, far right, the extremes of both parties. Yeah. And yeah. those are both, I think, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So I, I tend to be, maybe because I learned in, in, in school, for so many years of going to, I think, quality education, what you learn is you learn to sort of go find your way through the, like those fish finding their way along the coal. The yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of you find your way in the middle yeah. between, yeah. you know, be, between the extremes. And that's usually the the best way that we can go. And so if we can if we can hold on to that a kind of like moderate position that we have, then then I think we'll be all right. But there's people from the left and people from the right who want to who want to destroy what we have now, and they want to turn the United States into like a into like a a, a, a well like a anarchy. Well, an anarchy followed by dictatorship. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Building off that, who are some politicians that you are very fond of currently, and maybe some that you are not so fond of? Okay. Um, I think I think uh, the in California, sir, uh -huh. I, I like Gavin Newsom. I think he's a little bit still needs a little bit of seasoning, but I like him very much. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. I knew him when he was a supervisor in San Francisco as a uh -huh. city councilman. Um, He's, he's, uh, I, I had a house in Palm Springs and he used to come and stay at the house when he wanted to make speeches sometimes in the That's desert. Great. So he'd stay overnight. It'd be always nice to, because you can really get to know somebody that yeah. way. Um, so I like Gavin Newsom. I like him. I like Adam Schiff. I like, um, uh, there's some local city, uh, uh, council people and, and some, um, Congress people. That that I'm I'm fond of. Um, I think um, as as an as a national thing, there's a couple. There's a senator, a couple senators in Ohio, and other places that and in um, um, and in um, Connecticut okay. that I like. Uh, but but they're they're kind of they're they're very low low level. They're not really making. A lot, national, yeah. a lot of noise or national news. And, and the ones who I don't like certainly are the people who want to destroy the Constitution and destroy the country. So that, in my book, that means Donald Trump. Mr. That Biden. means everybody who supports him. It means all of the followers who follow in him and, and, and clearly maintain that, that things are what they're not. Mm -hmm. And anybody, anybody would know that. So uh, I think the, 
I'm, I learned about, I guess, being a lawyer and also having, having had years of excellent history and, and politics in, at Stanford and at other places I've gone to has taught me that you, you really get the, the crust of what's happening is when you when you focus on um, the 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 process of of law, and that's that's one of the th the reasons this country has lasted so long, is that we followed no matter how things have looked, kind of like in the in the lurch, of, and they're just about ready to crash. They, we come back, we pull back, and we and we go find our way back to the middle. And I think anybody that supports the middle is a pretty good is a pretty good candidate for me. Cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to move to what we call lightning round. Three uh -huh. quick questions. All right. Just chill questions. First question. Favorite L.A. restaurant? Uh, favorite L.A. restaurant is uh, uh, Langer's. It's a delicatessen on 7th oh, yeah. and Alvarado. Langer's. Yeah. And, um, and uh, um, Musso and Frank's. Musso and Frank's. Where's that? Hollywood? Hollywood. Hollywood. It's it's the oldest restaurant in the city. Really? Wow. Nineteen twenty-eight. Cool. Wow. That's yeah. Um. What are some of your favorite sports teams in LA or? Uh. All right. And my favorite sports teams are the. Uh, I'm a big Dodger fan. Okay. I, I like I like baseball. Um. I like. Uh, uh, from law school, I like the Bruins. Oh yeah. <laughs> UCLA. Um. And I like and I like the. Uh, our our soccer team, the football club, LAFC, mm -hmm. Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like them. What's your favorite vacation spot? Last one. Uh, my favorite vacation spot is Southern Italy. Southern Italy. But my second favorite vacation spot is Southern Orange County, Laguna Beach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. That is all. Thanks That's for being all. Thank here. Thank you for That's letting it. us. That's it. Here all right. So yeah. I don't get a free trip to Laguna Beach or something. <laughs> Fortunately not. Fortunately not. All right. Thank you. Not even the gas money for it. Game show time. Okay, we know the deal. Oh, this is actually a double or nothing, so the winner of this gets yep. two points in it. Um, double Turn or nothing, me up, Greenberg. Last time was a tie. All right, I'll ask the first question. All right, take it away, Jack. It's another island question. What was the? What is Duke. the biggest island in the Caribbean? See. The biggest island yes. in the Caribbean. Yeah. Come on, bro. Is there a map in this room? No. You yeah, there's a globe. You can't cheat. Where is it? Don't look. It's 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 like upside an old down. Globe. You oh, that see. globe? Don't look I was it. looking at that globe. Where's that globe? Okay, it doesn't matter. No, it's incorrect. Right, just it's like me. in eighteen hundreds. Can you give me a list to choose from, and I'll pick right, one? I'll give you a bunch. Give me five, and I'll pick. Bro, no, what if I, I tell you, you're gonna know. Okay. I'll give you five. Give me five. Bro. Okay. Um. Um, San Domingue, which is Haiti in the Dominican I Republic. Know yeah. You know, because we learned about that. It's an option. St. Lucia. Oh. St. Lucia's Can an I... option. Okay, St. Lucia. Cuba's an option. Okay. Jamaica's an option. I was going to say Jamaica, but and I don't know. And the big island on the Bahamas is an option. 
I was uh, I was originally thinking Jamaica when you first said Caribbean. But I know. I mean, Saint-Domingue, Saint-Domingue is the French name. It's it's uh it's Hispaniola. Hispaniola is the name of the island, which is Dominican Republic in Haiti. Yeah. Oh, Hispaniola. can that be counted as one? Yeah, that's one. Not island nation, island. Oh. You know what? You Let me get... lock in Jamaica, because I originally thought Jamaica. Hell no. No? You're off. It's Cuba, by far. Jamaica, Dude! Jamaica's tiny. Then it's Hispaniola. Okay. All right. My turn. Come on. Greenberg? Yeah. <clears throat> Name me five Supreme Court justices. Okay. Um, Samuel Alito, uh, ju- uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, yep. Sonia Sotomayor. Yep. Bro, I should know him way more. Um, Two more. What's her name? There was one that... Okay, I know. Okay. Trump... Oh, oh, okay. Brett Kavanaugh, obviously. Yep. One more. Or, um, Neil Gorsuch. That was five, right? That's five. I, uh, I think that's five. Well, who's the... What's the... What's the... A- Clarence Cone... Thomas, Amy yes. Comey Barrett. Yeah, okay. There you go. Who's the last one? Uh, the de- Democrat woman, I think. So, so you already I... said so to my... No, there's, there's another one. The one that Biden just put in, what's her name? Oh, I don't know her name. I forgot her name. Jackson? Something? I don't know. I have no clue. Right, I got five, though. Your turn. Okay, so one zero. What? Oh, yeah, here we go. So we, we talked about Mitch McConnell. Okay. What state does Mitch McConnell represent? What state does... Kentucky? Yeah. It's light work. Quit playing with me. All right. Quit playing with me, boy. Okay. Okay. okay um... <sighs> These are two California questions. Yeah. So, first one. You're asking both at once? No, no, no. Okay. It's just saying the last, yeah, the last two you, questions. Yeah, I got you. All right. Can you name me the last two governors of California? Mm. Can yeah. you name me the current governor of okay, California? Okay, I can definitely. Gavin Newsom. Okay, do you know but who served I, before him? I think I do. Oh, I fucking know his name. Yeah, you, you definitely do. I definitely Because he was famous. And he served for so long. Do you want me to give you a list? No, I should know this. Just random yeah, people? give me a list of random people. I'm gonna know instantly. Though. Okay, let me think. I might be. You're gonna know it if I say it, dude. I might. Put, okay, just say a bunch, like I did with. Okay, Antonio Villaraigosa. Yeah. Nah. They don't. Okay, so these people don't have. Okay, I they're know. not governors. Okay, it's just okay. random politicians. Uh, so Antonio Villaraigosa. Yeah. Do you know who he was? I'll give you no. that. No. Oh. Uh, Tom Bradley. Not him. Dick he, Reardon. He was a governor, but he's the airport, no. Dick Reardon? No. Jerry Brown? Or? Or what? James Hahn. It's Jerry Brown. Yeah. Um, I'm Jerry not Brown. taking the point. I'm not taking the Why? point. Why? We'll see. If it's a tie, I'll take the point. Okay. We'll say 2-1 right now. <laughs> question me. All right. It's 2-1 you. It's Jerry Brown. Gavin Newsom, Jerry Brown. All right. Last question. It's France... Was a topic earlier. What Ugh. decade? What decade? did the French Revolution primarily occur in? Can I just say the year? Yeah, you can say the year if you want. Seventeen nineties. Yeah. Bang! Nice. Bang! All right. For the win. This is for the dub. Samuel Greenberg. I don't know if you'll get this. You okay. don't really know the California history. Okay. And I think. I, okay. But I don't really know geography, so. Okay. Either name. Okay. Yeah. Name me. The last four mayors of Los Angeles, including the current. Karen Bass, Eric Garcetti. I've said their names in the last one. Tom Bradley? 
No, he he would have been fifth. No, he would have been sixth. Because Dick Reardon would have been fifth. Dick Reardon? No, he was fifth. I don't know. We can't have a tie again. All right, quickly come up with another question. Pause. We'll be back in... A... Wait, I'll give you the Wait. answer. It goes um, Karen Bass... Eric Garcetti. Eric Garcetti, Antonio Villaragosa, and James Hahn. I, I would have never got that. Yeah. All right, pause. James we need Hong's coming up with two more questions. See ya. For all the, for okay, all the have, marbles. We have our questions. Um, who's up? I asked you right now? Yeah. No. Oh, no, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. What continent is the Andes mountain range in? I can rule out one. You have no idea. I'll rule out two. How rule about out Antarctica for me. Okay. Thank you. Uh, obviously not Antarctica. <laughs> I'm ruling out two for you. Damn. I'm going to rule okay. out Australian Oceania. And okay. I'll rule out Africa. So it could be Asia, Europe, North America, South America. Yeah. It could be Asia, Europe, North America, South America. Europe. No. Bro, Fuck. come on. You got to know that. That's basic. Ugh. I don't South know America. I'm, I'm literally the worst geog- geographical person. South America. All right, for the win again. For the win. Sam Greenberg. Yeah. Can you name me the former Federal Bureau of, in- of Investigation? James Comey. Oh, my God. That Trump fired. James Comey. Yep. All right, I win. Greenberg gets two it's points. Three to zero. Isn't it, isn't it 4-0? Oh, it is 3-0. 3-0. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. This is a grueling defeat for me. We will catch you. Oh, uh, that's all. Next week. No, we're doing another one this week, isn't it? Are we? We w- maybe. We'll, we'll see. catch you when we we'll catch, catch you um, soon. With thank uh, you for listening. We- Sorry, we were gone for so long. With what? We're gonna interview our oh, good, yeah. Friend, yeah, good friend, Josh Reuter, sneak sure. peek. All right. We'll see you when we see you.